Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. We use it and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. You nailed that line, Crafty. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. AJ, what else? With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. That's true. And ever since we discovered Spotify for Podcasters, we've been connecting with fans more with polls and instant feedback. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Cheers. It's St. Patty's Day. Let's do let's do a toast at the top here. You got your drinks? I'll probably be the only one having something 21 plus since I look the oldest between us three. Cheers, boys. A little Cheers. honey and tea. Honey and tea special. Yeah, that's what that's what mine is. Busy. Honey and tea. Nice. LaCroix. Kratzy, what do you got LaCroix. today? LaCroix lemon today because we got a game. We got to stay ready for the way go at about 345. Let's go, baby. Hey, get the like signs it. going, Kratzy. Here you go. Boom, 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 boom. Get it out there. Let's go. So we have Rich Hill joining us soon. I okay. have not decided exactly what I was doing for tonight's game yet because you two are going complete opposite. Frazier's got the over, and he's got Puerto Rico. Kratzy's got the under, and he's got Mexico. Wow, it's, it's a flip of a coin. Now, you know what's going to happen? We're going to split, probably. One's going to hit the over, one's going to get the win, and we're going to be happily ever after. I hope it doesn't happen, so then I come back here and laugh at Kratzy again, but <laughs> it, it's gonna, it's, something's going to happen, and somebody's not going to be happy. I Convince mean, me otherwise, right. Kratzy. I mean, I just, see, I just see the matchup of I'm going to Stroman versus, like I said before, Stroman and the lefties. Uh, I just don't see – I see those guys being able to push runs across, and I see Urias being able to, to shut, down, shut down the, uh, the Puerto Rican lineup. Yeah, I, but not I, too many runs across. And that's why I chose the under. No, I'm saying you said push runs across, but I'm like not too many. I mean, I'm saying they're going to push – they're going to push – I think it's going to be a 4-2 game. That's why I picked the under. I think the under was 7 or 7.5. Seven and and yeah. That's, even, that, even that 7 and a hook helped me a lot. So We will see. I think there's going to be a lot more runs. I think Puerto Rico is going to put up a good showing. I think Mexico, too. I feel much more confident about the total. I think, I think there's going to be run scoring. I do. I know it's Arias and it's Showman, but the, those offenses are pretty good. I think Puerto Rico is going to throw at least three to five runs on the board, and I would put the same with Mexico. So I would say more like a 5-4 in my mind sounds sounds about right. Okay. okay. It's this close. It's this close, though. I don't think it's – I mean, it's so close. I, I am – but I got to choose. I mean, I'm not, I'm not Todd. I'm not, I'm not going with, with, with every way the wind's blowing here. So I'm choosing. I'm going Mexico under. And it is going to be an awesome game. I, 
I'm so excited that the state basketball game is on Saturday and not tonight on Friday. So we get to we get to hang out and see this game. Let's go. The Penn State basketball game? No, state. State championship <laughs> for our school. Oh, for your school. Yeah, yeah. High school. High school. Let's see. It's not state championship. It's the quarterfinals. Quarterfinals tomorrow. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, good luck. Good Big luck. Deal. Yeah. Hey, I want to ask you guys about uh, another story that popped up after we went off the air Thursday. Jason Stark broke some news about a new memo sent out by Major League Baseball on sticky stuff. It's been a topic for years publicly for even more than that behind the scenes. Kratzy's already making a mean mug face. Maybe a few times he struck out on a pitch that had you know, more junk on the baseball than, than seams and white and cowhide. Um, so there's so many things that stand out here. Here's one for me, because I pointed this out nicely because of where I worked last year, and I can do it more, more, uh, more aggressively this year. They changed the rule last year, or they at least changed the protocol, and they were like, we're mostly going to just check your hands and your fingers when you come off the bump. Um, what? So aren't the guys – they're not keeping everything on their hands. All you see all freaking game is a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So – by the time they get off the field, they're not stupid. You do this or you make sure it's all off the hand by the time you get off the bump. But Kratzy, you were a big league catcher for many years. Am I off on that? Did they fuck up the way they were checking people last year? Nope. It is exactly what you need to do. If you have something that's sticky, it is going to be on your fingers. There's no way. Now, now if you're doing some slippery stuff, if you got guys – because some guys are going more sinkers and you're reducing the spin rate. Now you start getting some slick stuff on your hands. That you can wipe off. That you can wipe off here. You can have it just on your pant, whatever it is. But the sticky stuff, you put sticky stuff on. You're not just going, okay, inning's over. Uh, hit or hit. I'm wiping it off. It's on your hand. I don't think they need to do anything else. I think they need to... Be ahead of the curve. They need to be aware. Like when they were taking belts off and stuff, like guys are like taking their belts off and showing them and their hat. Like it is not – if you have an entire pine tar rag in your hat and you never go to it, it's never on your hand. Like you just have to check the hand. If there's, if there's anything, like they're not just touching it and seeing it. You can see guys. There was the sticky stuff that they were using. I tried it out when it was still legal. I put the sticky stuff on my finger and the ball stuck to my fingers like this and hung there like that. You're not just <laughs> wiping it off. Literally, you could throw and it would rip some of the leather off onto your fingers. Yeah, but Kratzy, my point is, yes, but I'm, I, I get that. But that's like the spider tack, right? Is that what you're talking about? That's yeah. like the re that's like the glue, essentially. It seems like now, pretty quickly after that enforcement was put down in mid-season 2021, everyone started working on what's next, right? You, you basically had this the mad scientists in their lab. My point is, when they just decided last year, we're just going to check your hands and fingers, I thought a lot of guys were then going back to maybe a little more of a mild substance that helped that wasn't on the hands and fingers. They're going to be one step ahead. It's not like they're constantly making you guess. They're trying to do that a little more, they say, coming up this year, where they'll do a little more of a randomized check 
and they'll go back to making sure it's not hanging around anywhere else. Although I don't know how much enforcement can be done. Would he, like some guys probably have stuff on their belt or down their pants. And that's what some hitters have said. So I just think it's a conundrum that I don't think is just solved by checking hands if you don't have the spider tack on. I well, think it's, yeah, I think they're just talking into the wind. MLB, I think, is just talking into the wind. They're just like, oh, look at all the great stuff we're doing. Nah, save it. And, I mean, Scott, listen, I've, I've seen players, before they go out in the dugout, spray their glove, put pine tar, whatever it is. So they catch it, and I've seen guys, guys like Melky Cabrera try and get the ball out of his glove, and he couldn't get it out of there. Next thing you know, the pitcher's got it. And a lot of the new guys now, they don't even want that stuff on there. So it's like, I need a new ball or you get the veteran guy who has it now. Who, who are you to blame? So there's there's a fine line as well. But uh, I, I just wasn't a big fan. When you see it on the pants, the orange, uh, icy hot or red hot, they would put there or whatever sunscreen. I mean, there, there's pictures out there that had their own little office uh, underneath the dugout. What they wanted to do. <laughs> it was uh, I've never seen it before. My, I, I just was blown away because they felt like they needed it that much but yeah, that's the way it goes but if they're gonna really tack down on this like it just feel you know, you get in there feel the glove feel that some umpires are like ah, ah, let it go they have to really observe what's going on i think there should be a third party where their job is to just make sure that there's no junk anywhere because the umps feel awkward I, don't you get that sense it's like, hey, you know, I got to do the whole thing. All right, see you later, right? It's like a really weak pat down for some of them. And I feel, I feel like they are uncomfortable and we can bring on, we have former umps that come on this show. Maybe we'll do that next week again and be like, what's the deal? Because then you got to call balls and strikes. You got to communicate with the guys. And it's just weird when you got to kind of pat them down and, and touch them where you don't want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I saw, I remember Sergio Romo guy that did it. I think he was taking off his old uniform pretty much pulled his pants down and the umpire's like come on man so just deal with it you know it's another thing MLB wants to implement which is fine just got to go with the punches and just you know do what they say it's tough sometimes you're in the middle of an inning you give up six runs last thing you want to do is you know hey Teddy Barrett what do you want man all right take my hand it's weird it is it's weird but a third party is a good idea I have a question. Did you guys ever have really deep conversations with pitchers about what exactly they're doing? So you said they set up a whole office. Like, you know, you go out to eat with the guys all the time. You ever around a pitcher, especially in, in 2019 or 2020 when it was just like rampant and not really being checked at all. You guys could do whatever they want and there was a strikeout every other batter. When you're sitting at dinner after the game with a guy, you're like, hey, what are you doing, man? What's the plan here? Or was it more like the, the don't ask, don't tell, let's keep it all private for player? Eric, you, I mean, you were the catcher, so I'm sure you had more conversation. That's um, why, that's why I was waiting. I'll, yeah, I'll piggyback you. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. This is, this was rampant. And, and honestly, I'll never forget the first big league camp I was at, 2006. He has now passed away, but his name was Jeremy Gonzalez with an I, Jeremy Gonzalez. He went, I went to catch his pen. And I remember we were, it was, we were over in Dunedin and the bullpen is behind the fence. So you can't see the game. This dude, the pitching coach was behind me and he gave me the ball and I threw it to him. He stops, takes his glove off and he takes the ball in his pitching hand and he takes the tough skin that you spray on and 
he sprays his entire hand like this. Then he moves his fingers and he sprays his entire hand again. And then it sounded like Velcro was ripping off the ball every time to the point where the first throw that I threw back to him went at his ankles. And that was just like, that was the first time I was like, what is going on? And then from then on, I was just constantly paying attention to it in the sense of like, do more guys do this? Like, is he the only one? It's super like, and this was, a, he was a veteran guy. He was a triple A big league kind of back and forth guy. And ever since then, it was, it was crazy all the way up to the spider tack glue stuff that guys were putting on, but none of them, not one of them that I've ever seen. And there might be new, new technology. Not one of them does it not come off on their fingers? I mean, you might remember Kenny Rogers? Was it Kenny Rogers pitching in the for the Tigers the one time? You know, he had pine tar on his hand. Like, it doesn't matter where you have it. If you have pine tar or something sticky on your belt and you don't even put it on your hand, you touch the ball to it somehow, and then you put your fingers on it, it's on your fingers and it's gonna be, it's gonna come off on your fingers. So it's just about on the hand. That's all you need. Third party, beat it. We don't need a third party. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say on this is when I played in the Olympics in Japan, their ball was already softer. Like they put, they caressed, for lack of a better word, their, the baseballs <laughs> to make it so you didn't need any spider tack. You like that one, Krasi? I do or like it. Any sticky on it. Honestly, Scotty, it's, it's crazy to think. Like when I picked it up, it had like a cushion to it, a nice soft feel without it being dry or anything else. And they're, and they're a little ahead of the game with that. I think that was a great idea. I think Major League Baseball was thinking of doing something like that. But the ball, when you picked it up, it was great. I, I liked it. It didn't feel sticky, but it had a nice, smooth, non-dry material on it, which was uh, I thought was fascinating. So it's a, sm- it's a smaller ball, too, which is pretty crazy to think. Yeah, but Frage, for me, what's confusing is, because it's the same thing I've heard for my entirety in the game uh, as a broadcaster in the community here, is can we get a consistent baseball that's a little tackier and work with the players? Let's throw guys go in labs for figuring out their bat for figuring out how to throw a baseball. Where's the lab to figure out the perfect baseball in 2023? This is not a smartphone, a tablet. It's a fucking baseball. Can we just get a consistent ball? Is it that difficult? I, I could be wrong. And we've I've asked it in the past. And the answer is it's complicated. I just don't understand if it's that complicated. Most players don't think that's the case and just say, hey, I, I wish that we had some committee. We need a task force on this. Do you agree? I, I do. I, I think it's something that is – there's things in the works. I saw in the minor leagues when I was with the Red Sox as a, as a coach – Thing. I don't even know what my role was, but it was a cool role. <laughs> but in AAA, they brought out a whole box of balls, and they had the team say, okay, in the sixth through eighth inning, we're bringing this box of balls into the game. The pitchers that throw there need to give, our, give us feedback after the game what they think about them. And it was the pre-tacked balls. It was the less-tacked pre-tacked balls. I forget all the all the realms of what the balls were and the umpires were like told this and like they were unrubbed balls. They were the ones that Todd was saying about caressing the balls. It's 
in Japan, they put it through the whole, you know, they finish the ball and then they put it through a system where they're all equally, you know, they come out of the wrapper ready to go. I, I just think, I think the whole, the whole thing needs to be for pitchers because it's what they're doing. As long as they don't make the balls softer, I'm all for it. But the pitchers need to be on this committee that you create, Scott. It's me. I'm, I'm leading this. You're I leading. I want you to lead it, Kratzy. You lead it. You're a respected longtime catcher in the game. You've been everywhere. I feel like this Who's this paying be me? a Robin Hood moment. Who's paying me? I've got a guy. you got two Jersey guys on. We've got a guy. If you solve that, we'll get you hooked up, okay? There's enough rich people involved in this game, both from a player and definitely an ownership perspective. We'll get you set up. If you fix this massive issue, we will take care of you. How's that? Got it. <laughs> All right, well, we'll talk about it more next week, too, when we bring Ken Rosenthal back on and, and when A.J. Pierzynski comes back from his, uh, his big-ass one-day vacation um, on Monday. All right, let's, uh, let's go through, while we have a few minutes here, the best of the week. We are going to start with, I think this was your favorite, Kratzy. Did you send this in? Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. All right, let's cue it up if we can. Everybody dance along. I'm ready. I'm preparing myself. Oh, I've been told one second. <laughs> I'll cue it up. Yeah. So it was with your boy Booney. We had him on on Thursday. Big show. We had Scherzer. We had Boone. We had a Raul Banez from the league. And we had Susan Waldman. And, and you boldly said, Hey, Booney, can you give me a few lines from Rihanna? We have a lot he, in common. We have did, a lot in common. He it's did a, not uh, hesitate. It's a, uh, you know, we, we were Eagles fans, and so we were watching the Super Bowl, and Rihanna was performing. And so my guys, I mean, I don't think anybody's really not a fan of Rihanna. It might not be your shtick of music, but Rihanna gets it. And, you know, I think Booney really likes it. Love Rihanna. Who doesn't love Rihanna? Let's go. I think we got it. Let's run it. Okay. Oh, it was a yeah. good year. You know that. You know it was a good yep. year. I could mm -hmm. care less. We're not talking about football right now. You know, what was your favorite Rihanna song from the Super Bowl? Because you were out there and you just said, <laughs> Rihanna, I think you like hands clapping or I don't know what you said. I, don't... I did. That's like one of my only tweets over the last several. You're so active. You're so active on social social media. This is, this is embarrassing, but I'm sure she played Umbrella, right? She's you didn't watch it? Yeah. I watched the whole thing, and I was just like, boom. So I don't know what stands out as my favorite. I just loved the whole thing. I thought it was great. So so give us give us a few lines from Umbrella. Just <laughs> give us a few. Under my umbrella, umbrella, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I even like that you danced too. <laughs> wow. He was going Absolutely. for it. I like that. No hesitation from Booney. Usually at the even if you get a player or a manager, somebody to do something, it's eh, I don't know. And then they break it. He was ready to go. He would have given us more had we gotten some good I think our comms might have been down during the time. So uh -huh. I was singing along with him, but it just it didn't come through his his audio so there was no way that he could you know we were going to harmonize i mean it was going to be like it was going to be like rihanna and christina aguilera came together 
here on foul territory. It was going to be unbelievable. For the ultimate collab. Is that how Booney well, is? I mean, you guys know him well. Is is Booney like that? I mean, he was re- really good on TV when he was a broadcaster, and, and he's he's very well spoken with the Yanks. But I feel like, Frazier, sometimes you got to be a little more buttoned up with the Yanks. You can't have the facial hair, which I think is absolute bullshit. We could do two hours on that. But is, uh, is Booney lip-syncing or singing Rihanna? The real Aaron Boone that you get inside the clubhouse? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And I think the Yankees need that. You know, they need that happy-go-lucky guy. He's, he was a baseball player. I mean, listen, we're all goofy in our own little way. We like to sing, dance, just like everybody else. And um, it's refreshing to see stuff like that because usually people are like, ah, no, he just went, boom, I'll give you the line right now, take it or leave it. And uh, that's Booney in a nutshell. We all love him. To me, that's why, to me, this is why we have this show. This is why I think this show is going to be a monster because we have players interviewing coaches, players, umpires, writers. And if you want to know what players are like, this is it. This is the place. Like, we're just, we're just real. Like, I don't think Todd's snapback is hot right now, but you know what? It is. It's so cool. I mean, he's all Team USA, but he keeps picking Puerto Rico. Like, you know, but 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 all jokes aside, this is what we do. Like, we joke, but we, all, we can also be real about it and show you exactly the fact that MLB doesn't know what they're doing on the whole sticky stuff, so they're just creating rules. <laughs> so on to the next take. They should be – no, they should be asking you guys more. I agree. Hey, uh, on that note, I'll show you my clip in a moment. I want to get to Todd's first, but it's right – playing off of what you're saying, Kratzy, where guys really get to show themselves differently on this show. But first, before that, our resident statistician of the week is Todd Frazier, and there is a number of the week, and I will give you a hint, Todd. It is not, let me see if I can do this right, because I didn't do well in my late stages of high school in math. It is not a whole number. It is a blank point blank. Does that help to tell the story of what the number of the week was? The number of the week is 4.5. I'm Four. cutting you off now. Four and a half inches is huge, bro. Billy Hamilton used to get a bang-bang play at second base or third place, and he was out. And you give him you give him an inch or two. I, I'm telling you, man. Todd, it, Todd, here we go. Here we go. Let's, let's, go, let's go live while, you're, go. while you're thinking about it. Four and a half inches is not that much, Todd, just, just so you know. <laughs> All right, we need a new topic. Listen, listen. Please, we need a new topic. This is going to be a clip off the TikTok. I know, yeah. I'm not talking. I'm tra- oh, you Stop. You're all American. You're all this. All hey, listen. <clears throat> it's, the li- it's the life we live in right now. If you can't have fun four and a half inches, you can't have fun with anything. So that's <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Baseball is about inches. Life is about inches. Kratzy needs all the inches he can get. <laughs> uh, it's I'm a Michael, game of I'm Michael Jordan with the walk-off. Yeah, drop the damn mic. That is that was good. That, that was, was awesome. That was a crying moment for me, Kratzy. That was awesome. The number just kept coming up. Just and, and un, unashamed, just unashamed. He just, I mean, he said four and a half inches is huge. Like, we, <laughs> I couldn't disagree with you. I couldn't me. disagree with you more that the stolen base record is not going to be broken because of four and a half inches. 
it, on a baseball sense, it's all about the, you know, the no disengagements and all that stuff. But, oh, that was a, that was a good one. I laughed almost as much there as I laughed when the T fell off of the Great Britain jersey. And, I mean, and then AJ taking it, taking all the numbers and everything. Oh, my goodness. I was losing good it. shit, man. That's good stuff. We had good moments this week. I think too many over-unders had us going four and a half inches. I'll take the over on that, though. Whatever it is, I'll take the over on four and a half inches. Uh, <laughs> one more to go here. I'm going to pick my favorite from the week. And we're picking laughs, okay, clearly. Rowdy Telez is a superstar interview. And here's the problem. He's a sleeper interview. He's underrated because he needs to be unfiltered because if you have a conversation with him you're like this is the top five funniest guy in my life let alone in the game maybe top three maybe number one because for example even a, a basic ass question like hey dude did you want to go to school gives you an answer like this high school so how the hell did you last till the 30th round and then you get you signed for like a million dollars or close to eight hundred thousand, i think out of high school so like did you just tell teams I I take this number and then they picked and then the you were picked or was there a reason why? Because how could someone that can hit like you last to the thirtieth round? I mean, I don't know. Everybody thought I wanted to go to school. I wanted no part of college. Absolutely <laughs> zero part. <laughs> guys, you know, you had to do like the false shit where you're just like, guys, like, how much do you want to take? You want to go to school? I'm like, yeah, I love college. I want to be a just follow the rules and wear stupid pants and. Look bad. I was like, that's what I want to do. He said stupid pants and look bad. Oh, my God. And that was the clean version. Didn't he later say, he's like, yeah, I don't want to be a douche in college? Yes. Like <laughs> me. He compared, he compared college and everything bad about college to me. That was great. He pretty much, is pretty much on, on point, Kratzy. Yeah, everything gets compared to you and that dome you got. So be prepared. That was great. Yeah, Rowdy Telez, that might have been my favorite interview um, that we've done yet because every answer was like that. You know, I was texting this morning with the production crew and I was like, um, I can't pick one Rowdy moment. So I gave him like, I think at least three and we were like, all right, let's just do this one. But I cannot wait to have Rowdy Telez on every couple weeks on this show. Holy shit. He was like that all the time, right, Kratzy? It, it will definitely be must-see must TV or must-listen podcast, whichever way you're digesting the show. Incredible. We have Rich Hill coming up soon here on FT. Can we run through our futures of the week really quick? Our next division? Are we doing that? Somebody help me out. I don't know. Do we have enough time? Probably three, four minutes until Rich comes on. Let's do it. Okay, cool. So... We are focusing in on the National League Central this week, especially being that we have Mr. Hill from the Pittsburgh Pirates joining us in a few moments. We're doing over-unders, baby. Let's do this. So I need one lock from each of you. We'll show you what Vegas has. Then we will show you what our friends at Out of the Park think with their simulation projections. And I need an over-under from you based on the Vegas odds. Okay, out of the park, you can help, you can knock, you can praise, whatever you like from what they put together, because they'll go for it sometimes too. Like they'll put a wild prediction out there where you're like, what? But then that's the thing. If you go for it on a prediction, sometimes Frazier are going to be really off 
But there's a lot of these uh, predictive formulas out there that are just super safe. So they just put everyone in the same range. What out of the park will do is they'll sometimes say, hey, actually, we think this team might lose a player or two and we don't like their pitching staff. So they're actually going to be much worse uh, than you imagine. So just just throwing that out there, especially with a division like this, because I did get an early peek at the numbers and it's probably going to surprise some people um, on the National League Central. But the Cardinals at the moment are the team to beat in that division, I would say, without a doubt, especially given the the position players they have. Um, although Kratzy's making a face right now. No? I wouldn't say the team to beat. I mean, the projections, I mean, you're a betting man. The projections say it's pretty close. No, you're right. I'm saying I think the national sentiment is St. Louis is going to be really good. I'm the, I'm one of those people that now that might be a little aggressive. Look at out of the park, putting two of those teams in the 500 range. My thing is St. Louis, I like the offense, I love the defense, I do not like the pitching, especially this year when I think more knocks are going to get through, so swing and miss is going to be even more important. I think that could be a little lofty for St. Louis. Milwaukee, I love the pitching staff, so if they hit a lick, they're going to be okay. So I'm with you. I think Milwaukee can win this division. I think there's only two teams here, and then Chicago, that seems a little aggressive for me, but what are you thinking, Frasch? I, I I think it's going to be a battle I, I be, be with the top two. That's it. I don't see Pittsburgh, Cincy, or the Cubs cruising in there and trying to make some noise. Uh, I, I don't I just – the wins – I'm so hard predicting them because an injury here and there to focus on one person. We just saw it with Edwin Diaz. But that's what you talk – Scott, you told us all the time, wait until the season is about to start to pick your wins and losses. But – from playing against the Cardinals all those years, I don't know how you can say they're not going to win the division. So I'm going with that. We had Adam a. Wayne right in the show, and he's excited about the year coming up. But 86, 88, I mean. Mm. Yeah, but Fraser, I'm going to put you on the spot here. It's okay. one thing to think they're going to win the division. Do you think they're winning 90-plus games? Because that's what we're looking for here. You got to go. Are you taking that over, or you want to go somewhere else? You, you got one team you can pick on to go up or down. I'm going under on the Cardinals. Just And I still think they're going to – I think uh, most of them are going to be under, just because they don't play the same division 19 times now. So yeah. I would say slightly under in the 80s for sure, but that's that's going to lead them to get to the playoffs and and, you know, get – win the division. I don't know about convincingly, but I could see the Brewers being around the low 80s and, and Cardinals being around the mid 80s. I think both of them are under. Rich is coming in quick. I'm going under on I'm going I mean, I think there's two two teams in division that can lose 100 games. So, you choose one of the two bottom two and I'm that's who I'm taking. We'll get back to it. We'll finish off the day with uh, I'll give you my pick. Right now, it is time to welcome in Pittsburgh Pirates veteran pitcher Rich Hill joining us right now on FT Live with uh, Kratzy and Frage. Rich, great to see you, and I love the hat hey, on St. Patty's Day. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day. Just got done throwing a bullpen, running some sprints. You know, hot today. The, the weather decided to come back, uh, you know, down here to Florida. So, um, you know, back into the humidity. Running sprints. Well, look at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Show off. <laughs> Kratzy, what's your hat by the way now you might as well show him you got the green too yeah i got the green well we didn't play minor league games like i said before we got so i had the cleveland back when we wore the nice. 17 i like this i like this the the yeah, patch that they put on the side i think it's sharp i have a pirate's yeah. hat too i guess i, I should have worn my pirate's green hat enough spring <laughs> trainings not as many as you rich but enough spring trainings 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you on that. Yeah. This is, uh, it's been, been fortunate, been fortunate to, uh, obviously keep going and, and be in this position. Rich, it's a really young team you're with in the pirates. A lot of good looking prospects coming up, working their way through the system. When you say you're doing sprints, are you running laps around them being like, let's go. I'm double your age and I'm, I'm lapping you. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't started. Uh, yeah. No, everybody's been, it's been good. The spring training has been, uh, you know, high effort, high intensity. And I think that's one thing that, uh, you know, obviously everybody's making predictions, heard you guys before a couple minutes. And I think, you know, obviously the, the team to beat, or if you want to say, if you want to get outside of your clubhouse, yeah, St. Louis has an incredible, uh, you know, opportunity and a chance to win the division. Um, but at the same time, I feel that, um, you know, these guys have had a couple years of seasoning and being able to fail at the major league level. Uh, now we're moved on past that and it's time to win. And, you know, with the injection of uh, veterans that have come into this clubhouse and, you know, you can definitely, I'm hearing it from the younger guys who have been here for the last couple of years said that the attitude and the uh, direction of everything that has been in the last couple of years has changed uh, coming into 2023 because of that, um, you know, attitude and mindset and understanding that, you know, the process is obviously something that we all talk about, but we understand how important it is, uh, you know, on a daily basis. Hey, Rich, um, I saw Mitch Keller gets the starting nod uh, for the Pirates. We saw that yeah. beautiful video. Um, have you kind of taken him under your wing a little bit, uh, pitching staff-wise, talk to him? Listen, you know, I'll, hey, this is a good thing, but we also want yeah. to do well, that kind of deal. Right. Absolutely. Todd. I, you know, I, I, I had mentioned to him, uh, you know, obviously super excited for him and, and uh, you know, just an incredible young talent in, in the league and something that, you know, been able to watch up close and his bullpens and the way he works and his, you know, determination, concentration, his commitment to every pitch when he is, you know, in the bullpen or working on something on the side. Um, but exactly that to getting the opening day nod, I, I, I compared it to, you know, it's a big moment. It is one game. Uh, you know, it's always extremely overhyped, but also at the same time, it's a good opportunity to understand what that environment feels like when you get into the playoffs, because opening day is, has that playoff type feel. Um, you know, it has that intensity and that, that, um, you know, excitement from the fans and also from the players to be back out there and starting a new season. So I told him to take it as that. And obviously, you know, one thing that I've been preaching to a lot of the guys is that one pitch at a time approach and understand that, you know, the most important feedback that you can get is how the ball is coming out of your hand and not so much about the outcome. Yeah. And I, I played with the pirates for a little bit, yeah. <laughs> pretty much 20 days, but from watching him, I just want to piggyback on that. Seeing him, he when he does struggle, it seems like, honestly, he try and overpowers a little bit too much, even though he does throw hard. Is there something like you try and hone in on those young guys? Like, listen, don't worry about the past. You know, we just got to right. move on because it seems like these guys, they want to do good every inning. It's like hitting. You know, you can't get a hit right. every time. Focus on what you can control, right? Right. And, and, and as Eric knows, too, as well, behind the dish, it's just keeping those guys focused in on that task at hand and that one pitch at a time. How is the ball feeling? That's the only thing that you should be concerned with. It's not so much, you know, you remove yourself from the outcome and you focus in on the moment. And the more times we can do that. And the only reason why I can speak to that is through experience and not, you know, if I was younger, I, I've, I had, you know, great pitchers telling me the same exact thing in a, in a little bit of a different way. But not really understanding how to pick up that concept without getting to the experience part. And then when you experience something, you're like, oh, that's what 
they were talking about. That's what he was saying. Um, but trying to cut some of that off for these guys is just in doing that and, and reinforcing how important it is to be focused in on that one pitch, just as a hitter would be trying to get their A swing off every single time. Uh, you know, the, the pitch that happened or the pitch that's going to happen or the swing that happened or the swing that's going to happen is, is, is over or it hasn't happened yet. So you have to focus in on the moment. And it's as simple as that, as we all know, who play, who have played this game and who are playing this game. Um, but to grab that concept because we can get so tied up in numbers and outcomes. So we all want to do well. We all want to have, you know, great ERAs, great batting averages, but none of that can happen unless we focus in on the moment. Rich, we uh, we were same draft class. I'm not sure yes. how you're 44 years old and you were drafted yeah. in 2002. How many years did it take you to graduate high school? Yeah, still have. It was the best six years of my life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I stole that from Tommy McLaughlin. Uh, you know, uh, but uh, that's, he, he, you know, uh, yeah, so four years. But, uh, <laughs> so, um yeah, it's it's been good. I've been like I said before. It's I've been fortunate to be able to be in this position and continue to keep playing. I I, I love the work. I do. I really enjoy, you know, getting in the gym. Uh, you know, getting getting that kind of you know the day before out of you. Either even if it was good, you know, the continual process of pushing to get a little bit better, um, and and make sure that you're staying on on course to to be able to do everything that you can to be successful especially you know when uh in my opinion i'm not a high velocity guy i'm going to be more of that deception and um you know using my pitches to mirror themselves or or try to create some kind of uh you know uh, efficiency for myself and uh inefficiency for the for the hitter now you've now you've kind of danced around it a little bit, and we were talking about it earlier. I think Jason Stark wrote an article about the sticky stuff and how MLB is going to sure. crack down this year. And you know, during your resurgence coming up, you know that was that was a hot topic when you reestablished right. yourself, and you've just continued to produce. I want you to talk about that because my I'll say my opinion, and I want to yeah. hear it from a pitcher standpoint. Like, unless you're throwing, like, the spitball or something like that, yeah. whatever you're putting on there, it's going to be on your hand. So check your right. hand. Get it over with. Like, hey, like, in, inform us. Enlighten us. Give us give us what you got. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, fortunately for me, I've been able to – I was drafted because I could throw a curveball. I've always been able to throw a curveball. And that's something where, you know, I think we ended up seeing uh, situations where if you didn't have the efficiency of being able to spin the ball – uh, that stuff certainly helped. Um, I mean, we can go back to, you know, Babe Ruth and, you know, all the way back to uh, early days of the game and guys were forever using pine tar uh, to get a better grip on the baseball, depending upon the, uh, you know, the environment. And I think the environmental changes shouldn't dictate the efficiency of the grip, but it does. And it doesn't only go for pitchers, it goes for catchers, it goes for infielders, it goes for outfielders. So this isn't something that, uh, you know, is just pitcher specific, I think. I think it gets highlighted, the pitchers, because of, uh, you know, some of the off-the-chart numbers that we were, we were seeing. And that's understandable. Um, but as far as being able to get uh, an efficient throw, um, I think everybody wants to do that out there on the field. But like I said, you know, fortunately – 
I was able to spin a baseball when I was young, and that's something that's always been able to carry me through to be able to play until I'm 43. Um, so I think that, you know, the good thing is, is that the checks are happening. I would like to see it not happen on the field. I would like to see it happen somewhere else. So kids aren't asking like, hey, you know, why, why are you guys, you know, basically guilty until proven innocent? Um, and that's something that, you know, obviously needed to be done in baseball. And, and I think we're at a good point with it. What do you think's the solution there, Rich? I'm with you. I think it's super awkward for everyone to be watching a pitcher walking off and getting checked and the umpires feel uncomfortable. I suggested, I was like, maybe it's a third party that's checking them out, you know, in the dugout or something. I know it's not an easy solution. So that was one part of it is like the league seems to keep coming up with tweaks and memos and I don't know if they've figured it out. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. And also what most players say is, hey, let's get a more consistent baseball in terms of how it feels. Right. And I know that there's been, uh, you know, Dan Duquette has a company out there, I think, called Chalkless, and they've been doing a great job and work with trying to get a consistent baseball. And I think just as a hitter wants to get his consistent swing off, uh, a pitcher wants to get a consistent throw off. And as you guys know, uh, playing in Florida or playing in uh, Arizona or Chicago uh, in the middle of July, it's like dunking your hand in a bucket of water and then grabbing a baseball and trying to make you know, a consistent pitch. And I know I'm right when I say that because, and you guys would agree, it's just, you know, and then when you're in freezing cold weather in Chicago or Boston, or, you know, even the consistency of the 65 degree days in, in uh, San, uh, San Francisco, you know, you're going to get the, the, the temperature is dictating the grip, which you can actually adjust that and make it more consistent as a hitter. Yes or no? For sure. Would you guys agree yeah, with that? Yes. For sure. Okay. So that's where that's where I think it's, you know, the the point that we're trying to make the ball more consistent, which I hope that they can do coming up sooner than later, uh, is for the pitchers to be able to get a consistent grip and get their eight pitch off, not to enhance it, not to make it, you know, something that's like, wow, that's ungodly, um, but something that you know obviously is going to be able to be, uh, you know, a, a, a proven solution for any type of weather. And that's where that's where the issue comes in. Now, were there things that were taking too far? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But I think that Major League Baseball has, uh, you know, been able to um, kind of uh, break that up and 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 get rid of those issues that were in the game. Uh, talking about implementing new rules, um, a lot of new rules have come up this year with uh, you know the shot the shot clock. Um, I've heard about you talking mm-hmm. before. You think it should be five seconds longer. Can you expand on that? Uh, why yeah. you think it should be five seconds longer? Have you tried anything different on the mound to maybe not per se better word, manipulate the system a little bit, or are you sticking with what you yeah. got? Well, I don't, here's my point is that I don't want to see hitters or pitchers uh, have an outcome that's dictated because of a non-competitive act. Right? So you're going to be in the box at eight seconds even if you're in the box at three seconds, you're, you're still in the box before the clock hits zero, but you're going to get penalized when it's at eight. Why eight? Why is that? Why is that the, uh, you know, arbitrary number? I don't, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure why. Um, and the other side of it too, why I say five seconds is just, you know, the game's still going to be quick. I move quick. I pitch quick. I'm efficient. And I like the pace of play being faster. Um, but I still don't want to see anybody get docked a ball or a strike because of the clock. 
Um, and why I say five seconds is I think everybody can, you know, get into that 20 to 25 second realm. And if you can't, then it's, you know, a little bit egregious. Would you guys agree with that or? No, hundred percent. I want a quicker game, but I also don't want to be too quick. And next thing you know, yeah, games are being called as we've seen before. So find that happy medium. I, I don't know what else they have to do. Change it, put out another memo. I mean, we, we've talked about this nonstop. It's difficult to figure out. I think it's good for the game, but um, right now there could be, you know, tink, they could tinker with a couple of things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the one thing, again, it's it's having a result from a non-competitive act is not why people pay Broadway prices to come see a show. That's it. That's fair. I like that. I like that. Say, say that again. I got to I gotta be able to use that line. A non- Broadway prices. Oh, see no, no, no. I, I meant the other one. A non-competitive act. Oh, a non-competitive outcome, uh, you know, an outcome from just not, there's no competition. I mean, we saw it early on in spring training with the Braves and the Red Sox. Here's a kid, you know, up at bat. It's probably one of the biggest moments of his career in spring training. I know it's spring training, but you also have the pitcher on the other side. You know, ball four or whatever it was. I think it was strike three. But you'll never know if that guy can hit or if that guy can make a pitch in that situation. 100%. I, you know what I, I think about it. is the shot clock, because Frage called it that. Like, usually the shot clock is great, right? For the NBA, it was implemented a long time ago because they needed to pick up yeah. the pace and not play keep away. But every once in a while, clock drips down and you have a, a crap shot that no one wanted to see, right? Where the guy's just spinning backwards from 40 feet out. And it was a it was non-competitive shot. Right, and it picked up the pace of play, and you started seeing design plays around the shot clock and understanding how it can be more efficient. But baseball has never been a timed sport. Uh, basketball has been timed. Hockey's been timed. Uh, football's been timed. Soccer's been timed. Um, I don't believe uh, baseball needs to have a clock. I don't believe that, you know, I think if it was a concerted effort to say, like, hey, guys, we need to pick it up and pick up the pace. Um, now, this is where I contradict myself because I'm not against the clock. Again, I'm against the outcome from a non-competitive act. And I think everybody, you're hearing fans boo because the, the umpire will call time and, you know, hey, that's a ball or that's that's a strike. And fans are booing because they're not, they're getting robbed of that experience. I love it. I love it. You sound like Todd when we're making our picks of who's going to win. I like the clock. I don't like the clock. <laughs> I like I like everybody. Yeah. Everybody's nice. But look, you're, you're yeah, the vet. Yeah. You're the vet, all right? Yeah. You are the vet. Well, I mean, vets. I'm making that point. Yeah. I'm making that point, though. You know, I'm making the point that it, 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 do I sound old? Yeah, of course. It's, it's, it, but what MLB did a great job of was implementing it in the minor leagues before it, everything, you know, before it came up to the big leagues. So all these guys are used to it and everybody's being told what to do. And it's the, you know, these team, everything, you know, we love you. We're going to be there to support you. It's all BS. And we know that. Yep. Exactly. Yep. No doubt. And what you and what you and what I want to hear from you because you're the vet. And and when there's there's is Nelson Cruz older than you? No. You're the so you're the guy. You are the king, okay? And as king, you get to change one rule. It can't be the ones we've already talked about. It's got to be some it's and they will call it for the rest of time. They will call it the Rich Hill rule. And I need it to be something that you need to see changed in the game, whether it's for pitchers, whether it's for position players, whether it's for the betterment of the game. Because I think rules should be done so it brings up 
everybody, not just, oh, lower the mound so mm-hmm. hitters can hit. Like, that's dumb. Or, you know, raise the mound so pitchers can pitch. No, like, betterment of the game, Rich Hill rule, need it. <laughs> right now. Uh, make a consistent product for everybody. Make a consistent product. Make the baseball consistent for the hitters and the pitchers. And that is both sides of the ball. Uh, we've seen it over the 16. We want to talk about want to talk about pitchers enhancing grips. How about the baseball being enhanced for uh, you know the amount of home runs that went through the roof? Me personally, I could care less. Make the same ball. I don't like seeing guys throttle a ball and getting it. Uh, flown out to the warning track because I don't believe that that's fair either. But I also think that when you throw a breaking ball on top of the plate and a guy front foots it and he hits it over the monster, you're going, "What the hell was that? What was that? Right? Am I right? Totally. Yeah. You're you're totally like, but but keep going with that. So there's there's my rule: make a consistent make a consistent baseball, make a consistent keep, baseball. Right? But keep going with that. Why are, uh-huh. why are we picking one? That oh now all of a sudden free agencies you know some hitters are coming up. I agree. That's bullshit. Can I say that? Is this is this a yes? Uh, sorry. yes. No, that's, this is that's what this show is for, Rich. But this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, like, it is. That's 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 what it is. I don't like it. I don't like messing with guys. And that's the other side to the clock that you're going to dock guys. Every, you guys know that every pitch matters. Every pitch matters. Every ball matters. Every strike matters. If I get called a ball the first ball of the game or whatever, the second ball or the third ball. That guy might have hit a home run. That would have been the change of the game. It might have strike three. Now, if he doesn't get a chance to hit that ball, he might have hit a double down the line or whatever, and that run would have scored or he would have scored from second base. So that's why this is so important. And that's why the money that is on the line, not only for teams, but also for the players at hand, this this is why I disagree with it. And I understand people want a faster game. That's why I'm saying I don't know what the happy medium is. No, I don't think anybody does yet. But the five seconds that are added on there, we're still going to have a lightning fast game. And also, by the way, you'll be able to get your commercial time in. You'll be able to get your more revenue that you want from the commercials. Nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about the added commercial time that is being put on to uh, in between games uh, and, and trying to make the home viewership more exciting to watch baseball. It's not the in the ballpark experience. The in the ballpark experience for the fan is great. They love it. But when you're at home, the game is dragging on. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to want to watch baseball either. I want a quicker game. But anyway, my point is to make this consistent, the product consistent for pitchers and hitters and not to mess with it during free agent years. You can't tell me that it hasn't happened. It's already come out. It's already been said that, yes, the balls have changed over the years. And that's not fair to the players. Correct? Correct. Correct. I mean, preach it. (laughs) Preach it from your your mountain because you're king of the mountain. Preach it from your mountain. This is your time. I mean, you're you're, as a veteran, you you can think of – so many guys in your career that have been veterans, and those guys weren't like, yeah, well, I think it's all of the – this is your time. Like, I think for me, you had a committee of if, – if that's, if that's what you want to be on, this ball needs to be consistent. It needs to be consistent for the right reasons. And I think your right reasons are there right. because your career, your career earnings, while they may have gone with, like, injuries and success, should not be dictated – by the fact that, oh, well, now all of a sudden we're checking. Uh, we, we put we put a league substance on these balls, and now somebody somebody can't spin it. Or we're trying to keep free agent hitters down, and we can't hit the ball out of the ballpark because they were getting paid for this. Like you, yeah, I well, think you need to be the head of the committee. Yeah, well, let's start it. 
I got to start it up. We'll get it going. No, I'm dead serious. I, I hear you on that. I, I've been complaining about it for, you know, years as, as these memos keep coming out. But, um, you know, the other side of it that is dangerous as well, and it took us a long time to get this, is the netting that went up around the stadium because the balls and the exit velocity continue to increase along with the baseball being uh, juiced, if you want to call it. So if we want to sit here and talk about pitchers and whatever and, and, you know, whatever's going on, let's talk about the baseball and how that has completely, you know, changed the course of the game and guys' careers. I, you know, the netting had to go up because balls were flying into the stands. Kids were getting hit. Kids were getting killed. That, you know, that is that is not a fan experience anybody wants to have. And, uh, you know, obviously it was begrudgingly put up, I believe, by owners. But now we have a safer experience for fans. They can come into the stadium. They can, you know, more people are on their phones. They're not paying attention as much. But without the anxiety of getting hit by 115 mile an hour, you know, ball coming into the stands. Um, you know, and I think the other side of it, too, is the player safety. You get guys playing in from third base, guys playing in from first base. You guys agree? Uh, these balls coming off the bat are are almost, you know, your reaction time has to be so lightning quick uh, that you know player safety is at at hand as well. But yep. you know, Eric, I'll, I agree with you. I you know would love to obviously talk about this more and and uh, be able to uh, obviously expand to make a consistent product. I have talked to Rob. Uh, about the baseball, I have talked to him about um, you know the the company that Dan Duquette is is working with uh, to make a you know more consistent grip for the pitchers and for the infielders and for the outfielders and for the catchers. Right, everybody wants to have a consistent product. Everybody wants to have a consistent grip to be able to make an accurate throw to be able to get their a pitch off the same as hitters want to get their a swing off with whatever you know pine tar lizard skin uh you know rosin whatever you want to use um and i think that that you know i think they made a good adjustment with the rosin that we're using now as pitchers um and you know again what we were talking about before is to get the ball consistent would be great here's my one follow-up here from the fan perspective for me to understand it because you guys spend your life holding this baseball I mean, the basketball and NBA, it's consistent. It doesn't change. Like, what was what was the response yeah, you received from, from – Right, exactly. So what's the response you received right. from, from the commissioner when you say, hey, like, can we get a consistent baseball because it changes every year? What's the problem? Like, it's 2023. It's, it's not a smartphone. Right. And, well, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, we have the technology to do it. The, the problem is, is what I've been told, is that this baseball, the last stitch, has to be inverted. And the only way to do that is by a human. Um, and, you know, we, all four of us could make a baseball and they're going to be four different baseballs. That's basically what is happening because they're all being tied and pulled by a human. And everybody has different, you know, approach to lacing a baseball or to the way that they're going to put the pressure on the on the laces. Um, you know, and I think that that's something that obviously has to uh, come to a, uh, an answer and, and I, you know, I don't know if they're working on it or they're making it, trying to improve it, but according to, uh, you know, Rob, they are. So hopefully sooner than later, we can see a more consistent product. Hey, I, I'm going to switch gears here. I find it fascinating. You went to Michigan. Yeah. Um, pretty good yep. baseball team. Now they've been kicking my Rutgers butt for the past couple of years, <laughs> which I'm not happy about, but, um, 
you were a freshman when Tom Brady was there. Um, here's the big question. Are you on his contact list? You guys become boys. You meet at a, you know, a social club or anything. No. Uh, did you happen to uh, run into him there while you were playing? I, I think people need to understand how cool that is. Yeah, no, that was really cool. I uh, got to run across him one time. We used the same at the time before, you know, Michigan. Uh, I mean, obviously it was Michigan then, but uh, they built beautiful brand new facilities for the football team now. But uh, we used to use the same indoor field house and uh, just ran across him one time uh, when they were coming off the field for practice. We were coming into the field house to do do our thing. But that was really, uh, you know, the only time that I came across him. So uh, other than that, no, I mean – Obviously, uh, followed his career, uh, unbelievable, you know, greatest of all time, right? So, uh, but fortunate to be able to watch him at Michigan and then see how his career went with, you know, the Patriots and and in the NFL. But the same, you know, very consistent uh, at Michigan as he was, um, you know, in, in the NFL, down and out, quick fired passes. So, so let's finish the way we started, then, Rich. Um, according to our our crack research staff, you are the third oldest or most senior active player in American sports. There's two hockey players that got you beat, apparently Zidane Ochara and Joe Thornton, now that Tom Brady is retired. So you're in the top three. What is the key to longevity, to being at the top of your craft at your age? Steroids. Yeah, that's Uh, it. There you go. Thank you, Eric. You got them all nailed. Got everything nailed today. Just the work, putting in the work, the consistency of the work. I've had, uh, you know, I mean, if you want to be completely candid, I had a clean up on my elbow this off season. So, uh, you know, getting out some uh, debris and, and and bone chips and stuff like that. Uh, again, shoulder program is is absolutely, uh, you know, uh, imperative to do on a consistent, you know, consistently basis throughout the off season into the season um, and. Uh, again, just the the amount of time that you have to take to put in the work and and stay consistent with that work leads to consistent results and also, you know, a little bit of uh, health. Fortunate too, you gotta you gotta have some fortunate, uh, obviously, health runs. And um, I've been able to do that for the last, you know, in nineteen, I had the internal brace put in. I uh, was able to come back the next year and and pitch, you know, seemingly an uh, entire season uh, for the most part in 20, even though it was COVID year. Uh, but for the most part, you know, uh, the the injuries that I've had and the being able to bounce back from a lot of, uh, you know, different issues uh, or challenges throughout life that life brings, uh, whether it's off the field, um, you know, you have to continue to keep going. Walls are put up to see how much you want to continue to, you know, pursue that, pursue that dream and pursue that goal. So uh, as many things that can get in your way and, and uh, you know, uh, like I said, try to knock you down. Yeah. You know, I know it's, it sounds pretty cliche, but you got to keep getting up and keep going. Rich, I am, I, w- I played till I was 40. Well, I barely played. You get to play all the time. But I know what kind of work it takes. Keep it up. And you are definitely – you're the man for keeping on doing it for, for this long to 43. I'm enjoying my, my time at home. Well, uh, yeah. I heard uh, life after baseball isn't so bad. So, it's great. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed watching both of you guys playing against both of you guys. I really appreciate you guys having me on. And, uh, I, you know – I think I said this to Todd last year when we were at the Little League Classic. I wish we could have been teammates. I heard so many great things about about you and the same with you, Eric. So I really, really appreciate you guys having me on. 
Appreciate Rich. it, man. Yeah, this yeah. was great. We need this. This is the only platform here where we can talk to players and just, just shoot the shit. I'm the only non-player, so I try and step aside and just bring the fan perspective, but we'd love to have you on sometimes. Um, you're an important voice in the game, so we appreciate the time, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Best of luck with the, with the show, and, and uh, whenever I can, uh, I'll, I'll hop on with you guys. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Rich. That was awesome. All right. Rich Hill with us. Cheers, man. Rich Hill joining us live on Foul Territory. That's good shit. From start to finish, even, of course, making Todd happy at the finish line, too. Hey, what are we? What are we? Who wouldn't want to play with We always talk about that. Who doesn't love the top father, baby? Cheers to that. Cheers Cheers to that. that. Cheers to that. That's a great interview on a Friday right there. That is good, unfiltered shit. Like, you're a baseball fan. You want to know what's going on. You get a story from someone. You want to get the deeper dive. That's what this is for. And the other thing I'll say is, yeah, Frazier, everyone wants to play with you. Kratzy, you're super respected. I mean, you're a guy that played until, like you said, what, 40 years old? Is that when you retired? Yeah. 40 years old. And and Rich can open up to you in a different way and let you know what's going on. I, I thought that was awesome. Those few minutes there, too, when you guys were going back and forth about the game and the baseball and all of that. That's why I said, you want me to run the committee? Hell no. I'll be the committee's biggest cheerleader, but I am not touching any type of committee to fix a baseball. The players should be doing that because you guys you guys hold this thing your whole freaking life. You guys know what to do. And that's my one thing. You go to labs nowadays for everything, like as you should, you know? How many we had uh, Alex Fast on earlier this week. He instead of he went to Jared. He went to driveline. That's what guys do and they help them pick up velocity, pick up spin rate, the whole thing. They put a science to it and they really make a difference. The same concept here. And if, if you're a young kid watching this, uh, I'll end with this. This solidifies what, you know, if you have some problems too, this is a show that's going to explain something about how to throw pitches, what they're feeling on the mound, what are the problems that are going on Major League Baseball. It's like, wow, like if I ever get an opportunity to play minor leagues or play in college, like there's all this intricacies that I got to worry about or have to deal with. It, it's kind of fascinating fun and crazy at the same time so for him to open up about that and show that you know there needs to be uh, a crackdown on the baseballs and stuff like that if i'm a pitcher i'm like wow man i didn't know all this little stuff goes into it i'm worried about throwing my curveball with two strikes for a strike or whatever it is no there's more stuff to it and i think it's really really cool that these players are opening up about the stuff in baseball that needs to be fixed or what they love about the game yeah no doubt i i I, I think there's so much. I hope I hope Rich does take us up on, you know, coming on more because there's so much about his career that, you know, I would love to get into. I'm sure he's rehashed it so many times to different media outlets, but I feel like when you're talking to ex-players about the same thing that they went through, Todd's journey, while we'll bust balls about it a lot, Todd's journey is way different than my journey, which is way different than – AJ's journey, which is way different than Rich's journey. Like, we didn't get into the tragedies that happened into his life. Oh, and by the way, during the time that he's had tragedies in his life, he's still got to figure out how to flip that curveball up there that he said he's always been able to do. Like, that's the real side of it, man. That's, That's the real side of having these guests on and having all of us here to say, yeah, we're with you, or no, I don't agree with you. Why do you think that? All that stuff. I think that is... It's huge, and that dude's story is ridiculous. Agreed. Amen. We got two minutes left, so let's just quickly go to the uh, over-unders one more time. Sorry, because we, we, we cut it off. And then you also don't want to 
talk too much shit about the Pirates and you're about to bring in their pitcher. So that was fair. <laughs> like Kratzy's like, we got a hundred plus win uh, loss team here. Easy. He I knows. Mean, no, he knows. He knows what's up. But my thing is there. So we, we still had to finish our picks. Phrase, you went for the under on the Cardinals dubs, right? 88 and a half. You're taking the under, even though you think they'll still win the division. That's fair. Yes. Kratzy, your pick was? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Cincinnati under. Under. Okay. Under 65 and a half. So you 100%. think this is a hundred loss team? I do. I do. I think they're right at that. I think they're right at that hundred to, you know, hundred and two losses in that range. I wasn't even gonna. I wasn't even gonna say Pittsburgh, but I. I mean, I did say it as he came on. But I think that's you know. I think that's another easy one. So you can tail me on that if you want, Scott. No, Kratzy. Guess what? I'm going over. And out of the parks, got them way over. They've got them. 65 and a half, so round up to 66. They've got them You're about 10 over, wins better. I'm over going over on the Reds, baby. No, under uh, Pittsburgh, I'll probably take the under. But if I have one lock here, I'm going over on Cincinnati. I think they'll have one little run here where they'll win 9 out of 12 or something like that. And then, yeah, sure, they're going to play on a pace of 100 losses. But I, I think they'll have one little run. They've got a lot of young guys that I like, including pitchers in their rotation. I think Hunter Green takes the next step. I think Nick Lodolo takes the next step. I like mm-hmm. Ashcraft. I, I think there's enough there. I think their bullpen's decent, too. And I think they have one of the best relievers, period, in baseball, and Alexis Diaz, who takes another step this year. His stuff is ridiculous. So if he knows where it's going, amazing. He's got the perfect mentor who happens to have a little extra time now to talk through things with him and his brother, Edwin Diaz, while he's rehabbing. For me, I think Joey Votto comes back, and he's better. I know I think he's 39 at this point, and we'll have him on the show soon. But, Frazier, I think he's – I mean – he was pretty bad last year, and he's the first one to tell you. He was like, "Yo, I was my shoulder was messed up. They they went, I went under the knife, and they were like, this is bad.' Joe, I think Vado's going to be at least an average hitter, if not better. So I think you start adding it up. Will Myers they added, who I think could be decent for them, especially with like he, he's you're chilling in San Diego with zero pressure. Then it starts to amp up because the Padres are actually good. You want to go chill and just put up 25 homers and a decent batting average." Cincinnati's the spot. So I'm not saying they're going to be great. I just, I could see them winning 69, 70, 71 games, something like that, and surprising people a little bit where they're a, maybe a fourth place team. So I'll go over. Did I convince anyone or you're like, shut up? Very much so. I, I love that. I, I think and now I'm on the train too. Kevin Newman, uh, he's there. He just came in from the Pirates. They, they got some kids that can play, and it's a smaller bar, ballpark, like you said. So I think it's a resurgence of Joey Votto. It's his last, I think it's his last year in his contract, too. So this is a big year. I think he's going to try and hit more home runs, too. He, when he gets that stand-up approach as a hitter instead of getting down and trying to get those walks, I think he's going to dominate this year. I don't know about dominate, but I think he's definitely going to come back. I mean, I see him, I see him as above-average hitter, but is he stabilizing your lineup? I mean – you can't No, but Tyler Stevenson is if he's healthy too. Uh, you know, he, he got hurt last year. He was a, in my mind top 2 or 3 catcher in the National League. I mean, Real Muto's better in the National League? No. Will Will Smith? Okay. Two. Who's three? Real Muto, I mean, when are you talking about from Who's last three? year? Who's the third best catcher in the National League? I think Stevenson gets close for me. Pretty good defender, great bat. I mean, this is a guy who, who's got a chance to hit close to 300 with 20 homers. You, you don't get that from many catchers anymore. Sure, mm-hmm. Contreras can do that, but I'll take – you want Stevenson or Contreras? I'm taking Stevenson. Both. I'll take William Contreras. 
Nope. I won't take Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras can hit, but I'm not taking nothing behind William the plate. William Contreras has a lot of work to do behind the plate. The Brewers know that, and they do a better job than any team in baseball at developing catchers. But, Fraze, you That's... taking William Contreras or Tyler Stevenson? Oh, man. I, I'm going to go with Tyler Stevenson. Yeah, I think I'll oh. stick with Stevenson. It's, it's tough, but none of, I mean, not, it's like they go head-to-head. One will have a good couple weeks. The next one will have a good couple weeks. It's, you know, do you want some flair or do you want a guy that just gets it done? I want the guy that gets it done. Jonathan India, Spencer Steer, I think's decent. I'm not saying it's a great team. I just – Ellie De La Cruz is one of my favorite prospects. Frazier's banking on him big time because he's got all his cards. Yes. He bought all his cards for like a few hundred grand, so they better work, those Bowman rookies. I know you got them. But, no, whatever. I'm just saying, I, I think I think Cincinnati is going to be okay. But we'll see. That's a good one. That's a good one to keep track of for the year, Kratzy. Yeah. I like when we go at it. A little over-under action. All right, let's like do uh, let's do the military shout out and then Kratz hats. So um, today, oh, and out of the park baseball twenty four pre order now March twenty fourth. If you pre order though, you get ten percent off and you get the game three days early. And we just had the reveal show last night. It's on YouTube. I posted it if you want to check it out with the legend who created the game. Military base of the day. Let's run it. The United States Air Force Academy just north of Colorado Springs. And graduates of the academy are commissioned as second lieutenants. Uh, we salute you on a Friday and appreciate you. Time for Kratz hats. Okay, Kratzy, big leaguer today for St. Patty's Day. Give us the lowdown. This is the first, yeah, this is the first uh, big league hat I've rocked. Not the first St. Patty's Day. This was 2017 when I got to go to spring training with the Cleveland baseball team at the time. They weren't the Guardians at the time, but I always thought this was awesome, especially as a minor leaguer coming over and getting to rock the green St. Paddy's Day hats. Like you wanted to get called up on those days. And that was, you want to get called up on every day, but you know, you're normally just going over to sit the pine and be a just in case guy. But I was still in big league camp. So my bad. <laughs> I love it. I love the green Cleveland, and you matched well with uh, with Rich Hill too. Oh yeah, Rich oh, was yeah. bringing it with the with the green hat. I like the Pirates black and black and yellow. It's tough. It's mean. It'd be nice if they had the roster to back it up, but but maybe one day, maybe one day. O'Neill Cruz might be a stud. Fridge. He was talking to Aaron Judge apparently for a half hour the other day. Like, hey, I'm as big as you. How do I get that contract? Yeah, I would be talking <laughs> to him a lot too. I was with him. Long story short, with uh, with the practice team with the Pirates, so I got to see him play a lot. He's got intangibles. He's just loosey goosey guy, man. It's going to be fun to watch him come up with the Pirates ranks and see if he can uh, take over after a good year last year. Hey, play the music. This is just week two in terms of our full weeks. So we're two and a half weeks into foul territory. Regular season starting soon. We got a big, big WBC weekend. Fresh has Puerto Rico. Kratz has Mexico. Let us know who you got. Let's go. Happy Friday. Frazier Friday soon, by the way, Fraser. We'll be at your spot coming up. If not next week, the week after. We're taking over, okay? Make room for Kratzy and his big head. I got the, mouse, that I got the mouse ready. I got the mouse ready. Be careful. <laughs> Bring your gloves, Kratzy. Bring your gloves. Definitely. Full hazmat suit. FT Live, all done. We'll see you Monday with Krasinski back in action. <laughs>